Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living and We Win the Day, which is coming out on paperback on November 16th. And you can also check out my Audible African-American Athletes Who Made History, which is on Amazon. Derek White, the author of The Challenge of Blackness, the Institute of Black World and Politics of the 1970s, as well as Blood, Sweat, and Tear, Jake Gaither, Florida A&M, and the History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lewis Moore. Ah, my full name. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been, it's been a couple of weeks, but it's good to be back. I know we uh, we got caught in the uh, the early semester matrix of uh, papers and trying to get our stuff organized. Uh, September is a crazy big birthday month for both my wife and my youngest son are like ten days apart, twelve days apart. So we've been a lot of a lot of cupcakes in this household. I could tell. No. Oh wow! Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, no, it's it's been. It's been hectic and it's going to get worse because papers are about to start coming due and midterms. And then, yeah. So, and then the weather's going to change and I'm just going to be miserable for like three or four months. But, you know, okay. other than that, things are, things are fine. Kids are in soccer. You know, my son's scoring every game. Daughter's oh. starting to, yeah. Daughter's like lowering the boom on defense. So, so we're, so, so I'm good. Oh. My kids are. Yeah, they understand what they're doing out there. You know, no skill work. We had, you know, we didn't dribble all summer, but they're athletic <laughs> no <skill> enough. <laughs> yeah, they're athletic. My, especially my son, he's quick. Like he's like the fastest kid out there, and he's quick. And so it could just make up. And soccer at fourth grade just makes up for every everything yeah, out there. Right? He does. doesn't boom the ball. Some of those bigger kids can really just boom the ball, um, but he he can get to every ball. Um, and so there'll be times where he'll, he'll take a shot. He'll miss it. Defense going the other way. And next, you know, he's right there still and get back. So, um, I think it's one of those things if he concentrated on it and we actually lived in another country where they cared about soccer, he'd be be okay. Like if their dad cared about soccer, just say, no, we don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I cared about soccer, I'm just not good. So it's like, what can I tell you? Uh, go dribble around those cones. Um, and then my daughter played, uh, some really good defense this last game and just when the ball got past the line she just came through with the boom and so nothing was getting by her so i'm really excited about that the discipline to stay back there and not chase that ball around at that level is uh yeah that's a big one um yeah my boys are doing well the oldest is uh defensive stalwart midfielder outside back he uh does a good job they lost yesterday in a controversial game are you the coach not of that team okay I'm coach okay. of the younger team uh, uh the younger son assistant coach they lost too though in a controversial game with a handball it was very it was a it was a lot yesterday was it a handball uh it was definitely a handball okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a handball what about what are the kids just like you know it's coming to your face when you're like seven or eight and you your first reaction is to block it uh which with your head so which is which is important because they don't let you head either right they don't let you head either yeah no it's interesting watching these kids try to figure out you know like uh the oldest kids uh they can punt the ball and so the punts go up and then they hit the ground like six times and it's like kids are like do i do i attack it 
how do I hit it? That some are just kicking their leg out. Like it's a it's a whole it's a whole ordeal. It's a whole ordeal. But they're playing well, enjoying the season. It's good. It's good. It's been good. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be over though. <laughs> you got like for us three more weeks. I got three oh my weeks. God. Four weeks. We, we don't end towards like Halloween weekend, and that's when it's freezing cold. So that's like the worst games because it's like might be raining and maybe it's snow and it's like 30 and you yeah. just got to sit there and watch your kid. Like, come on, man. I hope it rains. So they call this game. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, after, after you get six or seven in, you're good. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't yeah. need that last cold game. I'm good. You know, that last one, that last one. Yeah, no. Uh, and then I just want to put this on the record that I, uh, I routed Lou. In our fantasy football, routed is a pretty strong word, but yeah. it is it's probably the wrong verb nah. for this situation. But I came away with the W, uh, thanks to your unvaccinated quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who had in the second case of the COVID brought a case of the fumbles. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, let me just say this about my fantasy: it's my first time back in like 10, 15 years, um, and we're. I are you know we're gonna steady the ship. You know it's not sinking. It's not time to jump off. I might have what's to bench. Your, what's Robert your record, Woods. by the way? I might have to bench Robert Woods. Um, but it's we're just new. You know we're just out here really rebuilding. Uh, but I'm healthy, unlike you. Like you had like a low point and just got just thrashed this week. You're done, and and your man had Zeke and Amari Cooper going tonight, and you have like 50 points. So you're you're done. Mine but, is just. But like, what? But what's your record? It don't matter. We're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, just, just, all they gotta do is get to the playoffs, and my team is like. I, all playoff I'm saying ready. is, as of today, at this recording, what's your record? It's I am not in first place. But, you are, but, are you in the win column? We'll, we'll see. What had happened was, <laughs> you know, what? Let me, let me. I've had three games, right? And and what are we in a run pass league or what? What's it? What's it, it doesn't called? Matter. Doesn't matter. Where's PBR. the league? We're and, PBR. And PPR and two of my losses are guys scoring 150 points, right? Which is one of those games I lost by a fumble, right? And which is like, okay, the second game I lost by one point, right? Devontae Adams had 16 points for the guy and I was up by like 15 or something. So we're fine. Even last week or this week when I had like, I sat Emmanuel Sanders, but GM me has Emmanuel Sanders it wouldn't have mattered, right? The guy had 150 points. So I'm just like, whatever. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. And Lamar was a little dinged up for that awesome flip. But, look, the GM in me's got Justin Tucker. I got the players. Jonathan Taylor's done. I'm going to start sitting him. But the moment I sit him, then he's going to score. So it's a weird thing because he hasn't scored all year. So he's due. He's about to owe me one. But I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm two and one. I just want to let you know why you ever talk about John. We're still two and one. I'm crafting. We're grinding out victories here. We're like Iowa State in college. We're trying to win 19-16 every week. Uh, And if and if uh, if a bomb comes into this game uh, against the Cowboys, I will win again today. If I get the minus two from Zeke Elliott. Oh yeah, no, that guy's got Cooper. So you're in. You're done. I'm done. I'm done with both of them. This cool point, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a uh, that's where we are. I just want to announce that. The other thing I want to announce is that my uh, uh, my Maryland Terrapins, my Turtles, are four and zero 
for the first time since 2016. This is doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot apparently. Uh, and uh, we have a big game on Friday. Just saying, I'm excited. Um, um, yeah, coaches, yeah, Ohio State. Black, I, Black, I, Black um, Coaches Association. Yeah, are you gonna, you gonna win? No, we don't play Ohio State. We play Iowa this week. Oh, Iowa. Iowa. When's the Ohio State game? Uh, the week after, maybe two weeks okay. after. Okay, okay. We're not gonna beat Ohio State. Like that's not. That's not. All right, all right, all right. But we you know. we are we are. But I feel I feel like we got a good shot at home against Iowa, whose offense is kind of uh, pedestrian, uh, and we got an explosive offense. We got the best quarterback in the country right now. Just want to let you know that. Oh, uh, Tua's brother. Yes, sir. Um, you speak about quarterbacks. Jalen Hurst just threw a pick six, but whatever. Did he really? Uh, yeah, he's not. Garden, he's he's got two more weeks before Garden comes in. Oh, so, I mean, look, the most popular look, the most popular guys in the city are the backup quarterback. Oh right? man, it is twenty-seven to seven. It's over. Look at you checking the score, right? You know, it's the, you know what it is? It's the white backup quarterback, right? And then if you have a real hot young black quarterback and the fans want to see that speed, you know, and that's what happened with Jalen, right? He got a shot last year and now it's like, mm. so we'll <laughs> see. Hopefully, hopefully he works on things. I was watching the Manning show uh, with LeBron. LeBron was on it and they're really good, right? And one of the things they were saying is like, hey, he's got to stay in the pocket. You know, he's got, you know, um, happy feet, and but you know, I li- I like the way they approach watching these Monday night football games. It's pretty fun. Yeah, so. it's uh, that's been the best. I mean, that's been the best part of Monday night in the last couple of weeks. Speaking of a uh, bad luck in quarterbacks, black quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor again injured. I think we were talking about him like last time we met that he wanted. Right. I think he had won his opening game. That guy has the worst luck. I feel. I really do feel for this brother, man. It's like. You know, every chance he gets, he he performs really well for a short period of time, and then, lo and behold, injury, uh, knee injury, punctured lung by the own medic last year. Uh, this year, what is it? A pulled hamstring. Yeah, so that's he's hard out to three. come back from. Yeah, so I'll bring him back, but it's hard to come back from and be right. But yeah, I think he was like ten and eleven that game he got hurt. But you're right, Buffalo, Cleveland. What is it? The Los Angeles Chargers, and now this is just like boom, 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 all in the span of like four or five years, right? Um, yeah. And he came up like if you look at him. If we're doing like recent black quarterbacks, you know, very few get drafted that low, mm-hmm. and then get a get a stick around, stick around, stick around, and then earn legit starting jobs, right? Where he was moving from every team to team to team as a starter. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. He's just not like your franchise quarterback, but there's something there that teams value, right? He's a he's probably a good locker room guy, right? Yeah. Good check down. Little Vince Evans, you know. Charlie uh, Batch. Well, Charlie Batch, you know. So so yeah, yeah and Charlie's still around, right? Is he with the Steelers or what? No, he's really I'm not quarterbacking, but he's I think he's, he's coaching or something like that. Maybe? Something. I don't know. I, don't know. I think he lost his money though, too. I don't wanna I don't wanna put that out there. You just, not, did, I, I just did. Yeah, I just did. He just did it. He just did. You get my bad. My bad. Allegedly, my bad. allegedly, 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 allegedly. I don't want to get sued. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. So let's yeah. Be, let's let's yeah. switch gears because these NFL guys are. Uh, I've officially lost my fantasy football game as uh, Ezekiel Elliott scored two touchdowns. Um, the NBA is opening training camp this week. Yes. Uh, and the news is uh, 
full of reports about NBA players uh, refusing vaccinations, creating an issue and headache for both, I think, the league, obviously, but also the teams. And I would even go so far as the labor union as well, as they are trying to figure out how to uh, protect both the players as well as the fans um, and and their money, to be honest, uh, both the ownership and the players' money going forward. Uh, and so we are interesting, interesting story. Rolling Story and Rolling Stones talked about uh, a small contingent of anti-vaxxers are uh, shaping the narrative, um, focusing, uh, that story focused on uh, Kyrie Irving, while uh, on the West Coast, uh, a considerable amount of press has been reported about Andrew Wiggins' refusal to get a uh, vaccination, including his application for a religious exception to the city of San Francisco or the state of California, one of those two, uh, and which was denied. Uh, and then, of course, there's Jonathan Isaacs in Orlando, who is a, uh, an evangelical uh, I think that's the best way to play it, say it. And he too has refused the vaccination. And so this is going to lead story, much like the NFL quarterbacks. I think we talked about a few weeks ago, the NFL players about how they were going to deal with this question It's on the front burner, but it's also on the front burner in a league where all of the leading, the leading faces with the exception of two or three players are black. Uh, and so how does this play itself out? Uh, as we move forward. So what's your thoughts on Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, Isaac, yeah. to probably a lesser extent? It, it, it's a lot, right? I mean, first, we have to go back to March 2020, right? The NBA, that's where it started. Not That's not where the pandemic started, but when everything shuts down, it shuts down with Rudy Gobert and, and, and players getting sick and having right COVID and the whole world, you know, whole, whole nation not knowing what's going on. Right. And mm -hmm. as I always say, two days later, my school's canceled and I didn't come back for two and a half, like two and a half semesters. Right. This is my first right. semester. back, Right. So, so, you know, the NBA that the NBA is now the lead story once again is, you know, so interesting. And I'll say this, I'll say this, I'll say this, that, a lot of times what they're saying, they're not even saying anything, right? So I can't call it stupid, but I'll say this. It's one thing to be reluctant to get these vax, right? And 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 so, you know, Jonathan Isaacs, when he said he looked at Black Hirsty, I don't know what he meant because he also said he looked at Trump rallies. Like, I don't know what he meant. But historically, it's, I get it if you worry, right? In, in the sense that, like if you look at newspapers and you type in like Negro vaccinations or whatever, and you go back a long time, the black populations, when there's like a smallpox breakout, right, is getting blamed. Or sometimes this white doctor or, or part of the white, you know, government establishment who, who normally all they have to do in, in your life is Jim Crow you. That's that's your relationship with them. Right. And, mm -hmm. and to keep you away from things. All of a sudden they're coming into your, your community and trying to inject you. Right. But those folks were a generation removed from slavery, right? And they had seen stuff and heard about stuff, what was going on in the plantation. So it makes sense when some white guy with a needle's coming in and you're like, whoa, right? I think now there's so much science out there, 
right? That that they could point to and they should point to. And I think the NBA maybe should do a better job of, I don't know, maybe get more scientists to talk to them or whatever, more doctors to talk to them. That if you're like a Kyrie and and you're have mega influence, right? Not only in the players' association, but to to young kids and people in your community, and you're reportedly using your Instagram to like people who have conspiracy theories about what there's it's like a chip tracker or whatever for black folks that's problematic right Mm -hmm. if you're andrew wiggins and you're not getting vaxxed because whatever you say doesn't make sense because you're not saying anything i think it's problematic in that sense right and i but well i'll say this too and and i'll and i'll pass the mic i do understand from a union perspective right where you're like you know, it's kind of hard to tell us we got to put this in our body. Right. And even I, you know, I got, you know, I got vax, Right. But even the thought of the university forcing that, it just seems weird. And only to me, it only seems weird because we've never lived through a pandemic where all of a sudden there's a vaccine. Right. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you got to take this. Right. Mm-hmm. Our experience with the needle and vaccines is like, it's a gradual approach. It's there. Oh, my kids got to be vaccinated to go to school, but for for we they didn't live through the pandemic and all of a sudden it's there and they're getting forced, right? Right. And so there is, I get that there's reluctance, but to see seven hundred thousand people die, yeah, and and not be like, oh damn, I shouldn't get this. I could pass this on. Yeah, they've dealt with this for a year and a half, right? Yeah. So it's not like last week Andrew Wiggins knew about this. He's been getting tested probably in season daily, daily since summer wait they sucked last year so since last year when they for about a year straight right yeah because so they didn't go to the bubble what's going on right yeah he knows what's going on. there's something else where he's just being reluctant and i think there is you know some conspiracy stuff going on that we'll touch touch base on but those are just my initial thoughts like i wish i can't tell you what to put in your body but i wish they'd be more responsible in how they discuss these things I think that's the issue, right? The issue is that we are letting, they are, I mean, look, everybody's allowed an opinion. I think this is where we are in this world. I think that doesn't mean it's a valid opinion. And I think that what we are really experiencing is a moment where, uh, as a nation, we've kind of undermined expertise, right? Like, and it's not to say that expertise should not be questioned, but, you know, how we question expertise is just, you know, we allow someone like us with a microphone and a, and a podcast or a YouTube channel, somehow they know more than a person who spent, you know, 40 years studying, <laughs> you know, this, and that's like us in history, you know, like uh, we, we, we experience this all the time. Right. And I think that like, it's, you know, it's like, we get on a plane, you're like, oh, do you tell people what you do? You know, like, you're like, are you, tell me do history because everybody's like oh i like history i read this book did you read this book who's you know, your favorite it, president yeah yeah <laughs> like ah you know yeah. uh sometimes it's just easier to be like yeah what do you study math and they'd be like all right because you know 90 percent of americans don't want to talk about like <laughs> non-euclidean geometry <laughs> right. um yeah but i think that's where we are man i think these guys are um but you know i think I think they're getting too much attention in the sense that the same time this roughly the same time as this this Rolling Stone article came out a couple of days ago and this Wigan story has kind of been ongoing. 
there's a story in Sports Illustrated about Carl Anthony Towns. And um, and I think that's the story that should be leading this discussion, right? Talking about how he, as a 25-year-old, had to deal with the grief of burying his mother who died of COVID. Um, who, when he also called COVID, he lost 50 pounds and had panic attacks because he thought the, the fear that he right. faced in going in public. I mean, that's the questions that we have to have, right? That's the person who who we should be having that discussion about. You know, the vaccination discussion should be revolved around why is his well-being not the center of this attention, right? right. Why is his story not the norm of the story? Why are we letting Kyrie, who's, you know, you know, liking these crazy, right? I mean, like these crazy conspiracy Instagram stories um, uh, drive this discussion. And that's on some of that's on the media, right? I think some of that's on the media about their ability that the sensational Kyrie story is far more interesting um, uh, and sensational than I think the, the, the tragedy uh, and that Carl Anthony Towns went through last year. And I think that that's, um, you know, I think some of that's about our sensationalist media, um, but we're surrounded, like you said, 700,000 folks. I mean, I saw that picture of the Washington Monument on the mall last week of all those little flags, man. And it's just kind of overwhelming to think about that number as a size. Um, and we talked about our universities, you know, trying to figure out, refusing to like mandate <laughs> vaccinations. And Oh, yeah. yeah we got Come more days. Yeah. Come on back into the classroom and, uh, you know, go go to the game and have all the pregame, you know, pre, you know, orientation events. Um, and and the stories coming out of universities are similar. Right. People are just follow, you know, people missing yeah. from your classroom. Oh, everybody's man, in class. Everybody's in quarantine. <laughs> like, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a mess. Yeah, real quick now, I'll get back to Kat because I think Kat's super important here. But like, you know, today's probably like eight people are missing, right? And and you don't know because not everybody takes that little, t- the little check through that you get online, and 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 you know, I get emails three times a week. I didn't pass my test. Oh, I'm negative. You know what I mean? It's just like it's gonna be like that for a while. But yeah, our campus is is again. We talked about that that mandatory vaccination. It's you got to have it by September 30th, right? Um, but it's hard to teach out in, in that mask, right? It's not, it's gross, it's not fun, uh, but it's something we got to do. But back to cat, back to cat. And I think this is what's important. Like you said, you got to, you, you want to center cat here. One of the reasons why the Rudy Gobert thing was such a big deal is because up until that point, we were told if you're healthy, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, an NBA athlete, right, who's their top 99 percentile in fitness, right? This is a guy who plays, what, 42 minutes a game, runs up and down, mm-hmm. probably 2% body fat at worst, right? All of a sudden, he's lo- he's got COVID, loss of, what, taste, and, and I don't know how long it took him to get it back. A year later, Jason Tatum struggled with breathing again 20 what is he like 21 years old 22 i think yeah. 22 years old struggling with breathing because he has covid right mm-hmm. and all of a sudden 
it's not a big deal anymore, right? Like this is how far we've gone in this conversation on COVID where you have young professional athletes struggling, cat losing 50 pounds, not only just losing family members, right? And which is a problem, but here you have this professional athlete and the reaction is just, eh, let me do my research. Like what research has he said, do you have to do? As you say, one thing, one thing that we understand, and it's not like we're better than anybody, but you know, having a PhD, we barely do any work when it comes to like maybe like an expert on disease. But you know, kind of keep up. I'm kind of keep up with the readings. You know, I pay attention. But these people, their whole life is dedicated to studying diseases, right? <laughs> right. Like I don't get why we're not listening to them, and it's just. I mean, I understand because the how, how political it got. But you don't have to be part of that. You don't have to be yeah. part of the politics. You could say, like, you know what? This is important, right? And I get, now that we're talking to Kyrie, I'm, I'm switching to Kyrie. I can't, I don't get where he's coming from, but I get where he's coming from. I see Kyrie as somebody right now who's in a position in their life, right, where they don't want to put anything bad in their body, right? Like anything, I'll say anything foreign in their body. That's how I take him, right? He is someone who is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, has this kind of, uh, maybe, what is he, a vegan? He's gone vegan, right? Um, he's on the Dick Gregory, probably, if you saw that Showtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I read him as that type of person, right? Like, I'm yeah. not going to put something foreign in my body. But I also read him as someone who's intentionally a contrarian at all times, right? Who, yes. Who, I think we've said it before. My guess is he's super duper smart, but also he never really had to do the reading. He's smart, like critical thinking smart in his own limited way. Right. And this is meshing like his, Hey, I ain't putting nothing in my body, you know, new religion. Right. Some, so he's on some, some Dick Gregory, doc, Dr. Septi stuff, probably mixed with I'm this contrarian and, and I can outthink you and I can say stuff. Right. And I, I'll say stuff like the earth is flat, right. Just to get attention. Mm-hmm. And it, now it's here we are. Right. But when you asked him today or not you, but when he was asked today, it's, oh, this is, you know, this is private. This is my business type deal. But, you know, I was going to say something. Yeah. No, no, that's real. I think that's the part. Like, I think the part of it is, you know, uh, my, my dad said this once when, when I accidentally broke a window, uh, uh, and he said, you know, you don't throw a rock and hide your hand, right? You know, you try to say right. you didn't do it. Uh, and I think that's what he's doing, right? That in this particular moment where we see COVID ravishing and ravaging uh, Black neighborhood, Black communities, Black and brown communities all over the country, working class communities, uh, his, his uh, you know, his statements are fueling an already skepticism that is probably is well warranted of the government and that now this is funneling and continuing this uh, our pandemic in particular ways one is allowing for uh continued deaths that have been rising you know uh you know since the summer we're talking about we're seeing a continuation of uh, mutations. So we're talking about the Delta variant, which is, you know, what we're trying to struggle with now. But if you're, you know, like me, every other week, there's a new variant out there that we, we're, someone's making note, you know, we're on Lambda, 
uh, <laughs> or some other. <laughs> right. Someone said they like they like fraternities. They could do chapters every every <laughs> every six months, right? Every three months. Um, and so this is this is where you know his his words, his contrarianness. You know, being a contrary individual is having massive ramifications. I was listening to Bomani uh, this afternoon, Bomani Jones's podcast, and he said something I thought was really poignant, which is that Kyrie Irving, uh, whose mother was 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 Native American, has spent a lot of time teaching basketball on the reservation, and he goes to this reservation, and I think this is in the Rolling Stone story, and the Rolling and and at this reservation, everybody's required to be vaccinated. And wear a mask. Right. And Kyrie's neither vaccinated nor wearing a mask. You know what I'm saying? And I think that right. there's a problem. So you these are the people you these are the people and the issues you say you really care about. And here you are endangering them. They're actually protecting you from yourself. And I think that's the kind of that's the logic that that's the logical step right. that he's not making, that it's not really about you. Right. Um, and and I think that it's interesting that in a team sport that requires a level of sacrifice for the whole, why is this not seen? I think this goes back to our Michael Irvin point. Like we ain't trying to, you ain't trying to win championships. These right. dudes are, will play hurt. They will question your toughness if you don't do X, Y, or Z. But somehow this is beyond the pale. Uh, and I think that's uber problematic. No, no, you said it perfectly, right? And I was just thinking a lot of these guys, like no one's, there's no mandate. Right. And so, so, you know, in the NBA, no one's forcing you. And, and certainly there is a, a, you know, in the state, like if you want to go to these public places, you just got to make a decision. Right. But, but he wants everything, right. He wants to, and a lot of these anti-vaxxers want to do that. Right. You still want to live out in public in a pandemic and spread it, like potentially spread it to others. Like it's not a problem. And that's the problem, right? Like, okay. You don't want to get vaxxed. Well, don't live a public lifestyle, right? Don't, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to, don't go to the club. Don't go to an arena that holds 30,000 people, right? Um, you know, protect, protect your community. You know, if you're not going to protect your community, then, then just stay home. Um, but here we are, right? Like you said, here we are where, where it's the way that the social media works and the way journalism works now if you're a Nicki minaj or you're a kyrie irving you might be an i don't want to say you're an outlier but you get all the attention right maybe mm -hmm. you're in the minority but all of a sudden what you say carries weight because well, we're a celebrity driven culture and i think that's the problem right oh i'm gonna do some studying like what like i said before what study are you gonna do yeah no this is I mean, and I think the article mentioned that 90% of the league is vaccinated, right? And I think so that- So mathematically, that's like 40 guys who's not, I think, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, right? Right. Uh, and so you're talking about a small percentage, a small, even a small just whole number. But I think that the, the, the issue is, like you said, that, that the journalism celebrity culture is gravitating towards, you know, amplifying these these marginalized voices. And the other thing I think that's interesting is that, you know, uh, Kareem came out and, you know, he did the old black man, like, y'all need to get y'all's uh, stuff together. Um, I'm going to read this quote real quick because I thought was, this is from the Rolling Stone article. He says, by not encouraging their people to get the vaccine, they are contributing to these deaths. He's talking about athletes and celebrities. Right. 
Uh, I am also concerned how this perpetuates the stereotype of dumb, dumb jocks who are unable to look at verified scientific evidence and reach a rational conclusion. Man, that is, uh, uh, you know, that is very, I mean, that's coming from Kareem, right? Who, right. who has always been introspective and poignant um, for his entire uh, career. And so I think he looks at this as like, man, I did all that sacrifice. You know, I did all these things for this league for my own. Like, he feels like he's had these conversations probably for, for five decades at this point. And I can imagine a level of frustration. But what I would like to see is where are the comparable superstars of today? I feel like a lot of guys, um, right before we came on, there was a clip of Steph Curry that I didn't get the chance to see. So I'm interested to see what, you know, Steph and, and, and LeBron, like I want them to see, to be forceful. It's ironic that you opened that, that uh, LeBron was on Monday night football with the Mannings, right. but he's not on the front page about this. Right. Right. Uh, and I think that that's sometimes you got to be willing to that to me, that's the kind of leadership that this requires. Like sometimes you're going to lose a couple of friends over this. Right. And, but the bigger issue is that this is, the, you think this is the principal stance to take. Um, and I think that it is that this silence or this, 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 this quiet, like, yeah, I'm vexed, but that's the, you know, da, 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 that kind of positionality is, is what's fueling this fire. Uh, and again, when you're talking about the communities uh, of young people, we just had a teenager here in Lexington die the other day who was, you know, like 15 years old. Um, and, you know, people are bearing kids and bearing parents and aunts and uncles over COVID. And I just think that that's, that's what's frustrating to me right. to, to see that, like, look, you might not be able to save all those people, but if you could save some of them by by speaking out and saying why this is a rational decision, then I think that's what you need to do. Or some people got to shout them down. Right, right. And I like what Dame said today where he was just like, look, I understand you want to take time, but this is it for me, right? And I think he was really clear on this is why I taken it because of my family, because of my community. And I think that's a strong, strong point, right? So Dame doesn't have to shame anyone specifically, but just understanding that he's Dame, right? And mm -hmm. and he does have a certain, he carries weight within the league, right? And And within, you know, the sporting community. And I think it's powerful when these guys say, look, this is it, right? You know, I'm not going to beat you down because I do. I understand that, you know, you're going to go into your shell, whether you're Andre Wiggins or Jonathan Isaacs or Kyrie, when people make, you know, you know what I mean? You're not going to be like, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No. Social media is getting on you. You're just going to back yourself. You keep trying to back yourself up, right? Oh, I'm going to put this out. I'm going to put this out. But if enough people say, look, this, I, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, I did it because this and that. Dan, you know, I lost my mom. I lost 50 pounds, right? I, you know, I had panic attacks. Dame Lillard saying, because it's my family. Well, it's going to be powerful if someone like LeBron comes out and said, look, this is why I got vaccinated, right? Because these issues, right, affected, you know, me. Like, I don't want to bring it back to my, my young daughter, oh, whatever. Right. That's a power. That would be a powerful statement. And I think it would change the narrative because maybe the media would start chasing these guys for those statements. Right. Not necessarily mm -hmm. trying to find a 10 percent. I got you questions and, and they should be called out. 
or really focusing on the 90%, right? Because yeah. the 90% can drown out the 10% if they're allowed to. And if they want to, they got to be willing to be on, be on, uh, be on wax, as they say, and say, look, this is why I got it. And, and once you have those voices, I think the narrative quickly changes, but it's gotta, it's gotta happen from them. Right. And it's gotta be, the media has got to buy in. Can't go chase those shiny stories all the time. Right. Maybe it might be boring if Anthony Davis tells you his, he's vaxxed, but I think it's important. Yeah, no. And I think that this is important. I, I think, uh, you know, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about some of the, the Scott, this, this discussion when you, you sent me a text, uh, that what we should talk about. I had to pull a book off my shelf, an old oldie but goodie from my early Black Studies days. Um, Dude, doing the work. Doing the work. Uh, I heard it through the grapevine, which is uh, Rumor in African American Culture by Patricia A. Turner, who is a longtime professor at uh, and dean at UCLA. And one of the things I was slipping through the introduction and it's like the book came out in 93, so it had such like dated references. We were joking about it. It was like, you know, Church's Chicken was owned by the Klan and Troop. I'm like, nobody, you know, I bet only, I guess we got a probably a very good mixture, but none of our young listeners would know what a Troop sweatsuit is yeah. uh, and that this was made uh, and, and was funneling money to the Klan. Somehow the Klan is always the boogeyman behind all of these right, uh, right. particular stories. But one of the chapters that was, I think, very interesting um is um she talks about the chapter is uh the powers that be want to keep us down right and talking about how in black communities there's this long-standing narrative about uh the ways in which uh government interference works against black interests right and right. and and while she's talking about the rumor part that's not that's not separate from the history right like we know that redlining was sponsored by right. the government. We know that segregation was legitimated and approved of by the Supreme Court and Plessy v. Ferguson. Right? CIA taking drugs into our community. Yes, that yes, right. that that idea too, right? That when that has been a longstanding uh, right. uh, concept, right? And I think that there is an important, um, I think there's an important part of what, and I think that's the culture. I think that what's missing from that story in Rolling Stone, this is always my pet peeve when we do this, is that that Rolling Stone story really needed to contextualize right. kind of Kyrie Irving's right. thinking in absence of Kyrie Irving doing it. So when these guys are talking about uh, this is private, the way you push, to me, the way you position the story is to really do some of this homework and really think about this longstanding. And so the fact that I've been reading these anti-vax stories and I haven't been seeing any references to Dr. Turner's, you know, classic work on rumor or even Richard Hostetter, Hosteller's, you know, book, you know what I mean? Talk the paranoid mind from back in the fifties. Like we, we need so you to just went straight historiography on me. Wow. Yeah, I did. That was a long time. Long that, away. That, long that was away. a long, that was a long one. No, uh, but I do think I, that there's a, there's a, there's a there's a there's a context for that right and i think that we um that you know not only in the nba discussion but our national discussion gets rooted in this kind of polarization right. but it doesn't really get into the into a deep dive into these other kinds of conspiracies and the ways that these function in american but also world society well, you I mean, it's the whole thing with the book Medical Apartheid, right? Yeah. Or or the the Henrietta Lacks story, right? And so yeah. like I said at the beginning, 
there's understanding and maybe that the better way to put it is that people need to frame it better with the history. And, and, and so sometimes it's hard to separate the fact that, you know, the Henrietta Lack story happened and this Tuskegee experience happened, even though it's separate days, I, I get it listed, but it's, if, if you're part of that community and you hear stories like that, and there's always been this kind of healthy dose of skepticism with the federal government, right? Whether it's welfare and, and can a man stay in your home or it's mm-hmm. the CIA and drugs or it's Malcolm X saying or, or, or Fury Styles saying the boys are here talking about, we don't, we don't fly the planes of the community, right? Like, you know, right? Yeah. That's there. Or as I mentioned at the beginning, you look up vaccination and Negroes and like say newspaper.com. They don't, a lot of them don't want to get it because of my guess is what they know what happened to them. Right. Or yeah. if you go back to, I mean, Kyrie's not doing this. Jonathan Isaac's not doing yellow fever outbreak in Philadelphia. What in the late yeah. 1700s where yeah. they thought the black people couldn't get it. And, and those get, they're all helping out. Right. And, mm-hmm. and take care of the sick and all of a sudden they get it. Right. Like, yeah. so, so there's a lot going on there. And I think we need to be upfront about it, right? And and I think well, that's I think that's part of it too. Like we, I think there there should be an acknowledgement of that. That I think the conspiracies being peddled are I won't say absurd. Uh, it's probably too strong of a word, but are are. But at the same time, we also need to acknowledge that medical testing has happened, right? Medical apartheid, right. and it's not just simply the Tuskegee experiment, right? right? Like I think that there's a whole long legacy. Of, of of from from slavery to to the prison industrial complex in which you know oh, folks are being you know tested that, upon that right? Luke Cage stuff like I, <laughs> I I you watch Luke Cage and yeah it's not true and then you read medical apartheid like damn they're really testing on prisoners right yeah they're doing stuff to prison you know this is this is a generation ago you know two generations ago so it makes sense and I think the other thing that that we could we could argue that the vaccination uh perspective never did was that they were telling you how vaccinations work but they never really told they didn't do a great job of giving you a kind of lineage because part of it is like this pandemic showed up out of nowhere and then all of a sudden this vaccine not really tell explaining to people very well and maybe whether they were not listening well because i think that's that's is what that is true as too true as well but that the the COVID-19 that they have been working on that, that sub genre of viruses for decades. <laughs> right. And so, right, right. Right. And so, so what they did was that they just reworked things that they had already been working on to address this new kind of uh, transformation, right. Uh, of this virus. And I think that, that legacy, that history got, has not been explained, I think as fully, as possible, it was mostly like, oh my gosh, we got COVID nineteen. Oh my gosh, the world shut down, and then all of a sudden the vaccine. And and I know why that happened because I think the previous administration was not really bent on explaining how uh, how we got to that point. That was not necessarily oh, yeah. a strong point. That's a good. That's an understatement. You're right, and that's <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? So we take. And I'm not slamming. Uh, we went from slamming Kyrie to like let's explain history. But here's the thing: like we 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 went like a whole almost a whole year of dude peddling conspiracies, 
right here the leader of the united states like oh maybe drink this maybe it's gonna go yeah. away or or yeah or the surgeon general we don't need masks right we and and so like for us now to poo poo on Kyrie, right and 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 not understand that this has been going on this is just i don't know where we're at i don't want to say it's the tail end of it it's certainly not but you know he's just part of that right but yeah he should also know better right and i think that's the other thing about it like the president of the United States, you know, Trump should have known better. The Surgeon General should have known better, right? This is a real health crisis and it impacts all of us, right? It doesn't, it, you know, at first you think, well, it doesn't care about your politics. But now we see the people, you know, certain uh, folks are getting sick now. But it, but it, in truth, it doesn't care. It doesn't care about any of this, right? Yeah. And, 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 and that's the problem. And, and, Kyrie had an opportunity to be a real leader and he was going that way, right? He's a very interesting, guy when it yeah. comes to some of this stuff and he's working a lot of things out he's very young um he, he can do some more reading but i think he i like i said i think he's 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 brilliant and i think when that natural brilliancy and he probably has great analytical thinking skills right when that meets up one day with the reading then he's going to be like this super intellectual person right at the back of your mind, however, you're always like, dude, it's a flat earther, right? Dude, please, <laughs> that this dude will check something from his cell phone, worried about, right? He's gonna like something on Instagram, worried about who's the government's tracking you with, like, uh, like a vaccination, right? Like, come like on. you got, like, you don't have a cell phone to, that you you like it right, or not, <laughs> right? If I bring up, if I bring up Kohan on my cell phone, next thing I know, I'm getting ads in Instagram from some Kohan shoes, right? Like, this uh, is just how things work. Yeah, it, you know, I want to say this, and I'm not. We're at 45, and I don't want to send this yeah. too long, but I do think that there's something here for us to consider and for our listeners to consider too. Is that I'm thinking about how these athletes, in particular, uh, in their one year or two years of college or, you know, are isolated from the educational experience of college. You know what I mean? And right. I think that that fun, like what's the function that at a, too many of these institutions, these athletes are in that they're, they're just, you know, they're isolated in their athletic buildings, whether it's football or basketball, especially the revenue generated sports. And what that means is that, you know, we, they're putting them in classes that they can pass, but they're also not developing a, any kinds of relationships with, you know, faculty members who could help them work through their, like, so like a lot of you said, Kyrie's not doing the reading. Kyrie's clearly doing the reading, but the question is, where is the reading list coming from? Okay. That's better. Yeah. Because I think that like some of this is like, you know, what are they using to, to formulate this? And I'm not saying that, you know, we as academics have all the answers, but I think that one of the things that we are good at is formulating bibliographies. Right. And, and I think that like, you know, we can take and say, look, this is the spectrum on this subject, you know, and, you know, I don't, you don't, you can figure out how you want to, what you want to think about it, but this is the spectrum. Some people think this, I mean, it's what we do all day. We talk about it. You, you introduce the term historiography, right? Like it's what some historians say. And so how do we work through that? Right. Um, and I think that there's something about the, the student athlete process 
at too many of these institutions that are leaving these young men on their own to figure it out. And the people that they trust are athletic folks who don't have the answers either. And the barbershop, right. And the barbershop, and then the barbershops put them in this other thing. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what it is, right? When you're young, your life is like, like every debate you have is like, and this is where I think it's a good point to end it because it's going to, I'm going to start getting silly. It's like boys in the hood, right? When they're (laughs) sitting there contemplating, you know, quasar moves and stars and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, And that's it though. I mean, we've all been young before and that's, that's our knowledge base. It's just, this is how I feel. Right. Um, and, and, and that's where, you know, that's where a lot of these guys are. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm smarter than any of them, but again, I just wish they would use their platform a lot differently. And, and for someone like a Andrew Wiggins and a Kyrie, it's going to come back. It's in the news because they can't play in their home stadiums, right? Like are the right. home arenas. Yeah. And, and so that's a problem. I think, and that's more so the problem than let's say the other 35 to 40 guys who, who aren't vax, right. That we know of, because I guess they could play, right. They just got to get tested every day and they can't go anywhere, uh, which is a real weird way of living. Right. And especially if you, if you go out and stuff like that, I mean, that's what you're willing to sacrifice, right? Like, you know, some people always put those, those interesting things on Twitter, like, if I offered you $2 million to never drink again, what would you do? <laughs> right. Yeah. And this is it. Get the vax or go to all these major cities for a year, get tested twice a day and yeah. then stay in your hotel. Okay, yeah. That's your choice. And some of these guys are like, okay, I'm going to do that. Then, then get this, this shot. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, don't yeah. get me sick. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's, I, I mean, I think that the, this discussion is, I think, done some some brought some interesting things forward and i hope we you know let folks know about there's a long history some some really good scholarship about rumor and conspiracy uh patricia turner's work uh harriet washington's work uh medical apartheid um uh what else did you mean you mentioned another book i was you mentioned oh henrietta lax right um yeah, henrietta uh, Lacks. yeah which was a which was a whole HBO film. And they made starring. a movie out of it. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of lot of real legacies that that should not just be swept under the rug. But at the same time, I'm still thinking about these six hundred thousand, you know, seven hundred thousand so, folks yeah. who died, you know, in this last eighteen plus months. And so here we are. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Did fifty minutes a good time to stop? Catch the fourth quarter of this Jalen Hurts game. See if he can lead a comeback. Uh, and on that note, we we are out. Peace. Peace.